This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And folks, today we have Minute 118 with you. This is our second to last show, Brady. How do you feel about that? You know, it's it's crazy because that's too big of a question for the amount of time <laughs> that it would take you know, to answer it, or, or any amount of time for that matter. And so I'm still processing it, and I think I'm probably going to be processing it until long after, you know, we're done here. Um, I didn't really go back to Ghostbusters Minute for uh, really quite a while. In fact, I don't think I really did it all. But I listened to the first couple of episodes not long ago, and it's just so strange how that movie now represents something, or I see it in a whole different light. Uh-huh. As is the point with as is the point with movies by minutes, um, is to kind of broaden your perspective on it and. So it's strange. I don't know if it's something I like or don't like or or what. What but, movies uh, by a minute process or the? No, or the... no, 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 no. Just um, you know, finally seeing something in a in a different perspective. You know, you you don't really see, you don't really get like an overall wave of nostalgia that you do that that has always come along with watching the movie. So I think in some cases that might actually be kind of dangerous for people who just always want to see things as they have. But if they haven't, and they do want to see it in a little bit clearer light, uh, then this is the way to do it. So it's, I don't know, it's just kind of a strange feeling that I can't really put into words at the moment. But what, what about you? Yeah, no, I am, I've really enjoyed doing this, but I think, you know, Jurassic Park for me was a property that I, well, I'll say this, when we did Ghostbusters Minute, I went in loving Ghostbusters, I left loving Ghostbusters even more. It didn't really destroy it, but I do see what you're talking about, the deconstruction of something can kind of change the way you look at it. But by the time we had started Ghostbusters Minute, that's a movie I watched like two or three times a year. So at that point, I couldn't view it in the same light that I did originally anyway, because, you know, once you watch something two or three times, I feel that you're kind of deconstructing it on a technical level. How did this get shot? You know, um, probably doing this minute by minute has given given me more time to think about the actual story construction of the whole thing. Uh, Going Mm -hmm. into Ghostbusters, I wasn't really involved that much with Peter Venkman's story, his growth as a character. Going into Jurassic Park, I wasn't really involved in Alan Grant's uh, development as a character, but... Doing this minute by minute, it has caused me to focus more on that structure, and it's it's less of this, the experience of watching it and just kind of letting letting the viewing experience happen naturally. You know, like when you're yeah. when you have a well constructed story and a character with a good arc and everything is making sense logically, you don't worry about the little things. You know, you, you because it's coming at you in a way that just kind of like washes over you. So viewing Jurassic Park without a critical eye to the construction of the character, I was just kind of like, this is a lot of fun. I like it. And when it was over, it felt satisfying. If a movie does not do that in a proper way, you know, you can't really, I know you keep saying like you can't fool the ear. You also can't really fool the mind or the heart. And if a character Mm -hmm. doesn't end up in a satisfactory place and it doesn't make sense, you do walk away from that film experience saying like, well, that didn't add up completely. You know, that that something took me out of that. That was cheap. That didn't work. But uh, I feel more strongly about the way that Jurassic Park is constructed now, having done this. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and same here. And it's, it can be anything from like, you know, I never really picked up on the fact that 
it's a little thing, but when they're in the control room and Grant looks, you know, Ellie put on the door locks and he looks up and the Raptor is looking right at him. The Raptor looks down at the doorknob and effortlessly the doorknob just is thrown open. Right. It's not any, like it did in the kitchen earlier, trying to figure out how to open the thing. So that's something I never really thought about. But there's, there's also the realization that this is Alan Grant's movie uh, and his story, which is something I wouldn't have picked up on until doing it, you know, in this format. Yeah. Deconstructing it in this format, so... Fun stuff. It's been a really cool experience. Uh, you know, I want to say that if we're if we're to do another movies by minute podcast, and you know, we'll go ahead and say, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little more on the show tomorrow. We don't really have a follow up to Jurassic Park right now. We don't really even know what the next step is for Pele Media. That doesn't mean there won't be anything at all. But I think we're but we're going to finish out Goonies Minute and then kind of take a look back at everything. But I don't know that I would necessarily do it to a film that I felt so strongly about because I d- I think the experience like I like Jurassic Park a lot. I don't love Jurassic Park the way I love of Ghostbusters, but I think this experience is best when you're taking a movie that maybe you don't understand as well, you don't know mm-hmm. as well, and you're figuring out what's going on with it while you're breaking it down, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. But, uh, you know, that's a discussion for another day, but a discussion for today is going to be our breakdown of minute number 118. You want to go ahead and jump into the minute? Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Ellie, Grant, and the kids saved at the last possible second by the Tyrannosaurus Rex. As the minute ended, the survivors ran down the front steps of Jurassic Park's Visitor Center and are met by John Hammond driving a gas-powered Jeep. At minute 118, Alan Grant jumps into the Jeep's passenger seat and tells Hammond that after careful consideration, he has decided not to endorse the park. Hammond agrees that he has also come to the same conclusion. At 118.07, we cut back to the visitor center where the Rex and Raptor are still battling. The Rex shakes the Raptor off and grabs it into her jaws. She bites down on it and flings it across the room, shattering the skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. The T-Rex lets out a mighty victory roar as a banner reading, When Dinosaurs Rule the Earth, falls to the floor. At 118.24, we cut to a mud-covered door of Hammond's gas-powered Jeep. Grant helps Malcolm out of the Jeep while Ellie gets the kids to an engine helicopter. At 118.40, Hammond steps away from the helicopter to take one last look at his failed park. Grant takes Hammond by the arm and leads him back to the chopper. And thus ends Minute 118 of Jurassic Park. So again, we get more payoff of that initial scene of the visitor center. You know, they, when when deconstructing this movie, I started to realize that they they set up what's going on in that final action sequence several times here in the movie. You know, in the last minute they actually ran out of it. You know, the Tyrannosaurus Rex was attacked by the two Raptors, but we get to see those two skeletons when they first walk into the visitor center. We get to see that banner up in the top that says "When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth," and all of that is just set up for what happens in this minute because it is so badass and so amazing that yeah. it just really <laughs> puts a button on the end of this movie that when you leave the theater after watching it you're really it's a really exhilarating experience you know yeah um, absolutely we have that uh you know in the scene with the tyrannosaurus rex throws the velociraptor through the t-rex skeleton destroying the skeleton you know of the dead tyrannosaurus rex you know uh, using mm-hmm. that as a weapon to kill the Velociraptor and then standing there as the unfurled banner rolls around it saying when dinosaurs rule the earth. That is really uh, just an amazing shot from this film, you know, and it feels yeah. like everything was leading up logically to that moment. It's it's everything from the way he spins around, the way his tail moves, the way he picks his head up. It's just such a like a, I don't know, mighty <laughs> Just moment, everything that's going on in it. And uh, it really is a hell of a last line. And like we've talked about a couple of times now, the movie had a couple of different ideas for endings that just were kind of lackluster. And Spielberg said, no, 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 no. This is the T-Rex's, not his movie per se, but it's, you know, he's sort of the hero of the movie in a way. And he's got to kind of have the last say. 
and boy does he say it. Yeah. And you also made a point about the when the dinosaurs rule the earth banner falling down. Why is that so in our face? What are we supposed to take from that? And it is that, you know, they're <laughs> we're back. Like the, the cartoon movie that Spielberg produced after this about dinosaurs. Yeah. You know, this this is now a Jurassic World. Do you think that Hammond's uh, decision to not endorse the park is presented a little too easily. I know that given the amount of time and where this, how fast the story needed to move at this point, that's kind of how you had to say that. But I think it would have been fitting to have him and have a little bit more of a poignant, uh, you know, sort of him admitting that this is all over. Well, I think, we, I think we, we get that, with, but without dialogue. In the in the helicopter, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. At at the end of this, you know, the last twenty seconds of this, you know, the last uh, almost quarter of this minute, or is it? No, minutes don't break down in factors of a hundred, Kyle. They break down in sixty. <laughs> the last twenty seconds of this, what's up? Like the last, anyway, is John yeah. Hammond standing there, staring longingly at the park? You know, you're right. That's Sam Neill yeah. has to come and and or excuse me, Alan Grant has to come and take John Hammond by the arm and be like, it's you know, it's over. Forget it. It's it's Chinatown. You know, and lead him back yeah. to the helicopter, so yeah. that he, um, uh, you know, is he, I think he's wistful there, just like you know, staring off at the park, like what could have been, you know, because yeah. of his ambition. And you know, people are dead. You're absolutely right, and that's uh, takes care of that problem I've had for years in that. So have I, you know, isn't quite enough. No, no, no. You get something so much better than a, you know, a monologue or something like that. And it's all done in one shot. Yeah. And, uh, and what I love about it is it's, you know, it's, so it's a kind of a mirror image of the shot that we got earlier when he gets out of the helicopter and, uh, you know, throws his cane up and he's laughing at everything. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's interesting. But, um, so, okay. Well, at some point, by the way, between, there and here, Alan Grant said, you know what? Stop the car. I'm going to drive. Get out. My turn. Yeah. <laughs> because when they pull up, Grant is in the driver's seat. But uh, something else that we get to see that's kind of cool is Hammond carrying Tim. And this is the first time he's seen his grandkids since they set out. And, we, you know, we've had moments where he's still talking about, you know, next time it'll be flawless. And Ellie has to say, listen, your grandkids are still out there and they're probably dead. Uh, and so the last thing that we really get to see, one of the last interactions we get to see with Hammond is, uh, him being grandfatherly. Right. And so even though it's, it's subtle and it's in the background, it's still kind of a nice, uh, ending on that. And you know, the next time we see him in Lost World, he's hanging out with Tim and Lex. It seems like their relationship right. may have been prepared a lot. Now, um, forgive me if I'm, if my mind is, if my memory is slipping a little bit here, but in Lost World, when we see him next time, is he undergoing surgery or treatment for cancer? He, there is some like medical equipment in his room mm-hmm. and I can't quite remember what it is exactly. Okay. It might just be, it might not be clearly stated, but, uh, yeah, that's something I'm going to have to go back and check. I'm pretty sure we're going to hear about it though. The second this episode is released. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah. you know, with, with good reason, uh, but you know, absolutely. Uh, so they're there with him. Their, their relationship has recovered, you know, they're there to, to be able mm-hmm. to be with him and, you know, spend time with their grandfather in his end days. And it's nice to see that that relationship has recovered. But uh, yeah, it's I, I do think that John Hammond is a troubled character in the way that he still can't wrap his mind around what's important in life. You know, his his mm-hmm. it's it's his, his grandchildren, his children, his familial relationships are the things that he should be spending the time on. But still, you know, just a few minutes before this, he's saying that 
every amusement park when it comes online has has issues you know with the pirates of the caribbean eating the uh, the guest line comes from malcolm so he's still up into that point in complete and total denial of everything that's going on and uh i feel that maybe that point where grant starts shooting at the dinosaurs maybe that was the moment that solidified in his mind how real everything had gotten and that he could very well lose his grandchildren so it's nice to see him yeah. going from that moment you know, of him saying like, oh, we could still recover, you know, our assets on this whole thing. You know, it's uh, it's just an amusement park and this is normal trouble for everything uh, to to carrying Tim, who is seemingly unconscious at this point. You know, <laughs> the poor kid's had a hell yeah. of a day, gets on the helicopter and completely passes out. So, um, yeah, it, it's nice to see that his character arc, uh, you know, Grant's is becoming the family guy. Maybe Hammond's is a little bit more of of tasting defeat and understanding that there's a lesson to be learned in that, you know, man's hubris and yeah, whatnot. Absolutely. This is real conceit of the entire film. So, um, okay. Here's something interesting. Whenever they're getting into the helicopter, we see the engine logo on the side and it says engine construction. Hmm. So in the book, uh, engine is engine stands for international genetics incorporated, which is also international genetic technologies and the engine corporation. Uh, and it's, it's a bioengineering startup company that's founded by Hammond and the company performs research to recreate extinct, uh, animals. And at no point is it referred to as engine construction right. or anything. So I'm wondering how in the movie they took it to that level. I, I guess, you know, engine was probably the, I don't want to call it a dummy corporation, but you would call it construction to hide the fact that they're out there recreating extinct animals kind of the, in the way that Disney world, the, all the land was bought up under dummy corporations so that people wouldn't say, Oh, we're you know going to up the price of our acreage. Cause we know who's behind the purchase. Uh, so to kind of make it seem a little bit, it, it's kind of the way that movies are made with working titles. For example, uh, ancient futures is the name of Jurassic world two. And I think, what, what was it? Titanic was baby's day out too, or something. Right, yeah. And so kind of kind of a similar idea, I guess. But uh, nobody's going to bother them if they think it's just a construction company. Yeah. So, and then again, sometimes companies will start up LLCs with the under false names. Yeah, under false names. But sometimes those names will be, you know, will be relevant to what it is that they are doing. So it, it's you know possible that Hammond opened up Engine to build you know, to go into construction on the island for the park. So possibly so there's that I mean, as there's, well. I'm sure there's yeah. also a, uh, you know, an arm of a, a multinational company like InGen that deals specifically in construction. You know, a lot of times companies you know, will do that as that's, well. That's correct. And it was very, very, very much, uh, it was pointed out with Jurassic World um, that Masrani was a company that had just several different arms and different things like, you know, an energy company and a construction company yeah. and something that was in entertainment. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good so, idea when you're on that level too, to kind of start diversifying your assets too. You know, you don't want to put all of your eggs mm-hmm. in one ba- money basket, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and you know, at the end of this minute, we see John Hammond having to be led to the arm back to the helicopter. And you said that was kind of a mirror image of what happened originally. It's funny because he gets off the helicopter and the first thing he does, is he holds out his arm and he takes, Ellie Sattler by her arm. You know, he's leading her by the mm-hmm. arm into the park, and now it's Alan Grant having to lead him by the arm back into the helicopter to get away from everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a very, uh, very poignant moment, and you hear the, you know, calls of the dinosaurs in the background, but it's it's time to go. Yeah. And time to, you know, it's like I was watching this movie with my dad recently, and uh, as the helicopter takes off and the credits roll, instead of, you know, oh, man, what a good movie. Or it's... 
you know, well, it was a lot of fun. It was lawsuit. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> like, Which is funny because yeah. that was the very beginning of the Lost World was like five minutes of him exactly. talking about all the different lawsuits they were had endured. Yeah. Which is something I kind of want to get into in, in the next minute, but uh, as we wrap up the whole thing. But um, that's all I've got for 118. How about you? Uh, yeah, that's all I have for 118 as well. You know, tomorrow's episode will be our final episode of Jurassic Park Minute. It's also going to be a double episode because this movie does not end. Uh, you know, I guess the way that we do these podcasts, we want everything to kind of end on a Friday, right? So mm-hmm. if that means we got to, you know, combine a bunch to get out of here on time, uh, you know, without just some random episodes left on a Monday, that we're going to do that. So tomorrow we're going to do an. Uh, minutes number 119 and 120 and I want to say there's maybe even a couple of seconds into 123 or 121 but we just went ahead and called it 119 and 120 so alright folks please join us again tomorrow for the final episode of Jurassic Park Minute I'm Kyle I'm Brady and until next time hold on to your butts Jurassic Park Minute is a fan supported podcast if you like the podcast then leave us a review on iTunes you can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Yeah.